0: I'd like to talk tonight about <clears throat> a central uh, principle, or I should say, a perspective that I think the, the teachings the Buddhist teachings are pointing to, uh, particularly as we are focusing on learning more and more to awaken to wake up to life, what we are really learning to do, one way to think of this is learning to open to life. Learning to open, which is counter to the habit that most of us have in response to life around us. When things are... Difficult, the typical response is we contract away from things. We want it to be, we want to distance ourselves, we want to protect ourselves, we might be aggressive and uh, and uh, express some aversion as uh, ill will or judgment or anger, all of that is a Contraction away from experience. And when things are really good, you are having a sweet moment graced by a blessing in your life. What the typical response is, is again a contraction, not away from, but around, trying to engulf and possess, and hold on. How do I keep this year? How do I get more? How do I, oh my goodness, don't, don't let it go. What can I do to somehow fix it? And so fix, that is, keep it steady. <coughs> and that is a movement, again, of contraction, trying to hold on to experience. This is the second noble truth that the Buddha spoke of. The cause of... Our suffering is attachment to our desires, and that contraction is suffering. What he was pointing out, not only that it's painful to contract either around or away from experience, but it is freeing and a source of great happiness and joy when we can open up to experience, when things are difficult rather than contracting, finding somehow the courage that coincidentally leads to an ease and a freedom to say, yes, this is happening. How can I be with this without it? adding one layer of fear on top of it? and letting letting ourselves open up to the difficulties and realize that we can handle them. And even the, the hard stuff, even the, the anger or the fear or the, the pain can be held in a space of openness. That's radical. That's really radical because it's so quick that we get triggered the other way. And when we are in the middle of something sweet and delicious, you know, our baby smiling at us, or uh, our delight in a sun, sunset, or a beautiful piece of music, that rather than trying to hold on to it, we can open to it fully without... Realizing that it has a lifespan of its own and without trying to keep it here beyond what it naturally, uh, the course that it naturally runs. That is quite extraordinary because, in that, being willing to open to any part of our experience, then every moment counts. And it is this openness that is. Synonymous with wholesome states of mind. The Buddha talked about unwholesome states, what he called unwholesome, that is, states that, that are um, uh, bound up with suffering, like greed and aversion and confusion and judgment and jealousy, and you know those, right? They're all having a contraction around them. Or those wholesome states of love and equanimity and caring, compassion and joy and um, um, calm and ease and curiosity, Um, those all are learning to open to our experience. Even when it's a very difficult moment, the mindfulness itself is an opening to the experience and holding the hard stuff. It's not like you should never have any of those difficult emotions. They're part of being human. But to learn to uh, to be at ease and and allow for them, then they can move through us in their own time. And he talked about these wholesome states. He said that they are healthy, and they have with them a gladness and an and a uh, they inspire us, they delight us, they open the heart they are an equipment of mind to overcome ill will and hostility. He says along with the wholesome state, you will feel an experience of gladness of ease of of um of contentment or aliveness and that it's a good thing to maintain these wholesome states and increase them <clears throat> and to even turn your attention towards the gladness or the the ease that's associated with them. And he said the more you do this, the more you incline the mind towards well-being and happiness. So I'd like to talk about a few of these Wholesome states in the context of learning to open. There are states. There's many, many wholesome states, and in in that course that I mentioned, as we say, we take a, a wholesome state a month and work with it. So I'm just going to just take a few tonight, the ones that particularly come up in meditation practice that you get a chance to look at on the cushion and also that as you consciously develop them in your daily life, they support a deepening um, of your Dharma practice. The the first that I like to talk about when we're exploring the meditation practice, when somebody is just relatively new to practice, um, a key attitude that is learning to open is that of forgiveness. You come here, you, you come on the cushion, if this is you know, relatively new, you want to do it right, even if you've been doing it for a long time. I want to do it right. Have you ever had the, the thought come to you, am I doing it right? Am I doing it well? Am I a good meditator? Am I a lousy meditator? You know, There seems to always be a report card, or often a report card going on in our minds. How am I doing and that is is—it's um, suffering. So a basic attitude of forgiveness, you get a chance to deal with this very early on in practice. How, what's your relationship to your experience as you sit here? Forgiveness is a kind of antidote to the complaining mind that says either I'm not good enough or this moment isn't good enough to really allow it to be okay as it is. So you sit here and there you notice your mind has wandered. The key moment in the meditation, the way I see it, is the moment that you realize that your mind has wandered. What do you do with it when you see? Oh darn, there I am wandering again. Do you ever notice that in your mind? If you do, you are setting yourself up for a very frustrating relationship with the meditation practice and with your mind. Because minds wander. If your mind did not wander tonight, please come up and speak to me. I'd like to know what is going on in there. But we take it so personally in saying, you know, I should be doing this better. And we take ownership of our experience. There's that I. When you've got no control over what's going on in your mind. That is a very wonderful freeing thought. You have no control over your mind. You might say, oh gosh, how depressing. (laughs) It's really wonderful. Because if you really get it, you don't have to blame yourself for what comes through, do you? You don't have to take credit and say, hey, that was a pretty neat thought that came through. Everybody see what kind of a... That was a pretty good one. Huh? That's just the setup for, oh my goodness, I, the luck me up if they knew what was just going through right now. Everything is coming and going all on its own. If you had control over your mind, you'd probably just have thoughts of loving-kindness and goodwill to all humanity. Probably a few others slip in there from time to time. But you don't say, I could go for some rage right now. You know? <laughs> it just comes, right? How about some doubt? Yeah, I could go for a real good <laughs> bout of doubt. You know, It just comes. And when you see that it's coming and going all on its own, and you don't have to blame or, or take ownership. It's so freeing. Then you could have any thought in the world. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have any thought in the world, and no matter how bizarre or weird it is, you know, blowing it all up, right, whatever, and you just say, well, that's an interesting thought. And so... Forgiveness in the practice starts with forgiving yourself or forgiving your mind for what it does. Forgiving your body. When you're sitting here and you have a, an ache in your back or a tightness in your knee or uh a fart that starts to come out and you say, oh my God, everybody will know. Let's just get real. Huh? What do you do? How do you relate to that? Oh my goodness, you know, not fair. I hate this, I, my body should be cooperating a whole lot better than, than it is. When it's just obeying its own laws. And you have little control, <laughs> little, maybe a little, but not much control over what it does. How freeing it is to realize, oh, it's just following its own laws and I don't have to blame myself, I don't have to be embarrassed, I don't have to um, feel like I'm not good enough, that my body isn't... You can. Fill in whatever blanket it is it is in there. if only I were or it was more or less, whatever. So forgiveness towards your, your mind, towards your body. What is forgiveness? What is it about? What's the essence of it? It's just seeing, clearly, everything is arising out of causes and conditions. Particularly, we get caught when we see that we've fallen into the hole again and again and again and again that we seem to keep on repeating. I can't believe I'm in the same place. I can't believe I lost my patience with my kid again. I can't believe I... Spaced out on whatever it was. Why do I keep on, etc.? I can't believe that I. My mind is just so filled with judgment. Oh, it's just disgusting. <laughs> That's what's called in the teachings: adding a second dart on top of the first. You all, you know about the the two darts. You know the the first one is bad enough. You know, oh there's you know, there's the judging mind, you know, "Oh, or "Ouch, my knee hurts, No,." That's the initial level. The second dart is, I can't stand this, and I hate that it's happening here, And it should be different, very painful. When you see that it's all causes and conditions. There's a great freedom in that, particularly around the habits that you've practiced for many years. I'll share with you a, a story. Let me see, how we're doing on time? Um, on a, a retreat, it uh, um, was out at the Meditation Center in Massachusetts. Each fall, there's the three month retreat. And uh, this is many years ago. It was, uh, my second three-month retreat, and there I was, um, just really getting into the walking meditation—lifting, moving, placing—and it's really sweet. And uh, I sometimes it's fun to go slowly because you're just kind of in this groove. And and I just decided I wanted to see how slowly I could go, you know. So and there was nobody in the room, so I didn't have to be self-conscious, and I just decided to. Mm, crawl. I pretended I was like Marcel Marceau, you know, just seeing how. And it was so sweet, lifting, moving, placing. And in the middle of this exercise, somebody comes into the walking room, who had just come onto the retreat. In those early years, they tacked on a two-week retreat at the end of the three-month course. They just did that for a couple of years, and then they stopped. But you can really feel somebody's energy is very different. And, uh, but I wasn't going to stop my exercise, so I was just going to be crawling, lifting, moving. And after about two minutes, this person bolted out of the room <laughs> in what I was sure was the comparing mind. And as she crossed my vision the thought came to me, wow, I really blew her mind. She must think I'm a great yogi. Mm -hmm. And from that deep serenity, I saw the thought in all its glory. And it was like opening up to this trap door, this dungeon of ego and presentation and look at me and aren't, and aren't I good enough and do you see it and all of that. It was disgusting. Right? <laughs> and from that very slow walking, I became like a caged tiger and I started pacing back and forth saying, I've been doing this for two months and there's so much ego, I'll never get rid of this. I did that for about 10 minutes, just pacing back and forth, feeling so frustrated. And then it occurred to me the millions of times I'd had that kind of a thought. It was just that I was more present for it and I could catch it, but normally it would have just washed right through me. And in that moment that I reflected on the millions of times that thought had gone through me in this lifetime, and if you can relate to more than one lifetime, countless lifetimes, forget it, mind-boggling, which by that time I did. And in that moment of reflection, there was this deep compassion, this deep forgiveness that was saying, you're trying so hard. You're doing the best you can. This is going to take a while. Did you think in two months you'd undo a lifetime of habit? That moment was a real turning point in my practice because I really felt it. I really got that kindness and forgiveness and tenderness for myself. And the more you can See that, the more you can really get in touch with that tenderness towards yourself, the more you can have it for others. Because you see, we're all just lost in our thoughts. The more you see, oh yeah, I get lost. I know what it's like, what they're going through out there. Yeah, it looks pretty bizarre. Yeah, I know what that's like too. That's a tremendous gift. And that is really opening up to that dark stuff instead of thinking I should get rid of it just holding it with great kindness I just want to ask you as as we go through this um, to close your eyes for a moment and make this more experiential and ask yourself what do I need to forgive myself for? It might be some trait that you get frustrated by or some way that your body isn't cooperating or some action that's come out of confusion. What would i need to understand in order to truly forgive myself? If it's challenging, just imagine someone else in your predicament filled with self-judgment or guilt or frustration. Would you be able to give forgive him or her, just being human. Just let the wisest and most compassionate part of you forgive that confused being who gets caught in judgment or who acts unskillfully sometimes. let yourself feel the tenderness of a forgiving heart, a kind heart. Jack has a, a beautiful book in uh, in the bookstore um, it 's the art of forgiveness loving kindness and peace there 's um, lovely exercises and, and sayings and one thing that I, I love that I want to read from it is uh, this piece uh, in the Babemba tribe of South Africa, when a person acts irresponsibly or unjustly. He's placed in the center of the village, alone and unfettered. All work ceases, and every man, woman, and child in the village gathers in a large circle around the accused individual. Then each person in the tribe speaks to the accused one at a time, each recalling the good things the person in the center of the circle has done in his lifetime. Every incident, every experience that can be recalled with any detail and accuracy is recounted. All his positive attributes, good deeds, strengths, and kindnesses are recited carefully and at length. This tribal ceremony often lasts for several days. At the end, the tribal circle is broken, a joyous celebration takes place, and the person is symbolically and literally welcomed back into the tribe." That's a good tribe to hang out with, isn't it? <laughs> you can just see the difference as, as they're saying and reminding the good parts in that person what it brings out. It's so different than, you're rotten, you're no good. You just feel small. Imagine doing that with yourself instead of thinking of all the ways that you don't measure up, remembering the goodness in you and the the sweetness and the, the kindness that comes out of you sometimes. Then you can hold the other with that tender heart. Okay, so another quality of learning to open that you get a chance to work with on the cushion and also hopefully in your daily life is patience. You ever get impatient in a sitting? Like, when is that darn bell going to ring? You know, I know he forgot. Yeah. I'm going to be sitting here for days... Patience is incredibly powerful there's that that saying that the spiritual journey requires a cup of a cup of wisdom, a barrel of love, and an ocean of patience because if you can really open up to allow everything in its own time comes, but we get so impatient that we we contract and saying, come on, let's go, let's go. You ever see when you're booting up the computer? And somehow, you know, if you kind of hurry it along, come on, come on, you know, it's not gonna go any faster. All you're doing is winding yourself up in in a knot. On the first time I did one of those long retreats, three month retreat, by the third day my mind was saying, Eleven weeks, three days, 15 hours, 20 minutes to go. I'm never going to make it. Oh, my God. Luckily, somebody gave a talk on patience just around that that time. I was giving myself a hard time. I was scared, really. And after reflecting on patience, I saw every time... I'd be toppling forward. I'd be missing out on this moment and it was so painful. You know, like, oh, come on, come on. Patience is about just opening up to this moment as it is. It's like life is presenting you this moment just what you need to wake up if you really think about it. That's what, for me, the phrase refuge in the Dharma is about. And so, In that movement from contraction, trying to to reach forward to just an ease and and an opening, there is the peace we're looking for. Just try this. Here we are in a new year. You might have a whole lot of things that you're looking forward to, or it's going to be different this year. It will be. Uh, It's not going to be identical. And hopefully you'll be facing in the right direction. But you can't make it happen. right? So just do a little experiment with me. Think about something that you're really looking forward to happening. If you can imagine, manufacture something, even if it's going home to bed later on right now. Just think of something that is out there in the future that you know when it happens you'll feel so good. Right? And that's, There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, you have, everybody have something in their mind? <clears throat> All right, so now, indulge me in this. If you will, keep your butt on the cushion or the chair, wherever you are. I'd like you to imagine it in front of you, and now reach forward, because if you can get it You'll get instant gratification. So go ahead, come on, try, it. try the, it. just try it. Come on, lean forward. If you really want it, go for it. Come on, a little bit more, and then you realize it's not going to happen. So slowly come back and let your body feel what it's like to just be centered in this moment. Can you feel the difference? might not seem like news but when your body gets it you get it on a whole other level oh that's what i'm doing oh this is really unpleasant oh this moment is here all the time i just how about if i just come back and see what's going on with me right now oh life is happening all right i can be with this one that moment is a moment of freedom from the contraction and learning to open to this moment just as it is. Very profound and powerful. Another quality that I find really helpful. So actually, just before I go on, I would encourage you in your meditation, every time you notice that impatience, come on, when is this going to end? Come on. I've never seen a meditation that got stuck in the middle. Every one of them ends. So just you, you just, you just trust. Oh, instead of it being, oh darn there, you know I've been doing this for 30 minutes, another 10 to go, let go of the 30 minutes and make it the beginning of a 10 minute sit. Oh, 10 minutes to be here, to give that to myself, how wonderful. Another... Quality that I think really supports practice um, very profoundly and is is also a source of joy is uh, keeping a sense of humor. As my friend Wes Nisker says, if you can't laugh, it's just not funny. <laughs> And we can get very serious in our meditation practice. Yes, I'm a spiritual being. Equanimous. A little irritated. But I'm going to do it right. Maybe slightly freaking out. But uh, here I am. Lighten up It makes all the difference In the world You can get very Serious Very heavy Very grim You get no extra credit For grimness credit. No bonus points And if you Can laugh At the absurdity Of this mind And of life Then you can be in on the joke instead of the butt of the joke. Then instead of being, oh no, look at my mind. It's, wow, look at the mind do its thing. It's amazing. (laughs) That makes all the difference in the world. I'm not saying to cover up and pretend that everything is fun if you're going through some really hard times. You know this is not about denial, and it's very important to learn how to open up to the really hard stuff if you're if you're in the middle of some very um, uh, difficult times if somebody you care about is is going through a hard time or there's scary stuff ahead I'm not saying to put your head in the sand, but if you're just in a rut and that's the way that you find yourself approaching things sometimes you can get in a rut and don't realize that, uh, that it's happening and uh, you can bring some lightness on, on, that, on one of these retreats I'll try to tell you another retreat story I had this um, um, jukebox going around in my mind a lot of t- I love to I love music I love to sing I love uh and and words get often get stuck in your mind on retreat I have like a 5 cd boxed set of songs that I couldn't get out of my mind in the last 35 years and uh on this one retreat this again this one of these long fall retreats one of the early ones this song from, uh, I was a big Bob Dylan fan from his most brilliant and depressing (laughs) period came into my mind if you're a Bob Dylan fan you might know Blonde on Blonde and the song Visions of Johanna came and it just went like this ain't it just like the night to play tricks when we're trying to be so quiet we're sitting here stranded that we're all doing our best to deny it. This is on a three-month retreat. And that verse played over and over for one solid week. And I got heavier and heavier and heavier. We're sitting here stranded. But we're all doing our best to deny it. Oh, yeah. Magically, after one week, the needle, it was the days of vinyl, skipped in my mind to a later verse in the song that goes, Oh, little boy lost, he takes himself so seriously. And when that line came on, I'm just getting shivers right now, it was like the sky opened up and the whole heaviness and cloud just broke. Saying, that's what's happening. I'm just getting so grim and heavy. I don't have to do that. And I just started to... It's like I, I woke up from the trance and it was so different. I'm going to just lighten up. And actually, shortly after that, the... Um, the Jackson Brown Eagles song, uh, Take It Easy, came into my mind. It was great. one that says, uh, Take it easy, take it easy. Don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. Lighten up while you still can. Don't even try to understand. I just kept on playing. Lighten up while you still can. That retreat just took on a whole different tone. And from that point on, it's been a, uh, an axiom in my practice to just keep a lightness along with a very strong sincerity because the more you put your heart into the, the practice, the more you get out of it. But keep it light. Keep it spacious. Be at ease. Let, let yourself laugh at the mind instead of taking it so personally. It's tremendously uh, a shift in, in, uh, in practice. And sometimes I have a little like devil and angel conversation going on in my mind because what I do to lighten up is some, if I'm really feeling grim to smile and put on a, a stupid toothy grin on my face. Right? Just try it right now. Especially if you're feeling like you don't want to. Just try it. Come on, bit let I want to see teeth. Doesn't it feel good? It's like your your mind can't get contracted while your cheeks are up like that. You don't want to get locked jaw now, but just just it breaks that that trance. So I have this little Little conversation, you know, getting kind of grim. You said you'd smile. Yeah, but I don't feel like smiling. Yeah, but you said you'd smile. But I'd, oh, all right, already. And I'll go into a bathroom and I'll just go like that. We don't have to be a victim of our mental habits. So that sense of humor, that lightness of mind, again, is learning just to get a little bit of space and openness around experience. Forgiveness, patience, sense of humor. Something that uh, I find particularly helpful is uh, being present for all the goodness, all the good stuff. We can miss it. This is a cornerstone of of, uh, the 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 course that I teach not to miss it to really take it in we usually are going along and unless things are a peak experience that says yeah or oh no we're just kind of lost in la la land but there's many many moments that are quite pleasant even if you think of them as moments where you're not miserable, that's okay, that's a good start. If you think, oh, I've just been miserable all day, start to notice the moments you're not miserable. If you keep your radar out for moments that you're not miserable, you'll have a whole shift of awareness and seeing, oh, wow, there's a whole lot of non-miserable moments here. How wonderful. Oh, this is a, a moment where I'm at ease. At peace, where I'm—I'm not caught. Oh, this is a moment. I'm alive. Oh, hmm, hmm. Feels so good to drink a a sip of water when your mouth is dry. Oh, how wonderful. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. You wish you had some water right now. Next time you drink, don't miss it. It's, it's just as good as this one right now. And so the idea is to not just say, oh, that's a good moment, but to really let it register. Oh, how wonderful this is. Particularly moments of gratitude. Gratitude is one of the great openers. And if you can open with a grateful heart, you can hold a whole lot of pain and suffering. We have so much to be grateful for, so much to be, to be thankful. Here, if you're coming to Spirit Rock on a Monday evening, something is going right in your life. You're living in Marin or you're, you have a, 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 free t- a free night to come to, to sit, to be quiet, to come to a place like this. You probably had food on the table and a roof over your head. Think of how many people would give anything for that. Not to miss that. To think of all the blessings in your life. Let's do a moment of gratitude practice. Let's try this. Think of someone or someone that you're grateful to or grateful for in your life or something in your life that's a real blessing And have an image of them or of that situation. And as you reflect on on that person or that situation, give thanks. Give thanks to them or give thanks to life. Thank you. And now, let your awareness feel what gratitude feels like. How do you know gratitude is here? What does it feel like in your mind? What does it feel like in your body? Feel the openness, the spaciousness. Let yourself enjoy it. Let it register. Bring another person or another blessing in your life to mind. Again, you might have an image of someone or this blessing. Just to connect with it. And give thanks. Thank you, life, or thank you, John, whoever. Let yourself explore the landscape of gratitude. Let yourself really feel it. Don't miss it. Open to. if you did nothing else but have your radar out for your blessings. Or be very present when there's some moment that uplifts the spirit or that you appreciate. That's really what mindfulness is. It's one aspect of it, is appreciating this moment just as it is not wishing for it to be different. Even if it's a hard moment to appreciate that life is giving you something that will deepen your understanding. Every moment counts like that. But to really have that attitude of appreciation and blessing and to be very present for the good stuff opens us up and we're more willing to be with the other stuff because it's all just coming and going. Nothing's going to be staying here. All of these, I'll just uh, wrap up and do, do one last one. There's many that we could do. But all of these in this spirit of opening to experience instead of contracting, um, really coming down to a kind heart. A friendliness with the moment. I like to think of mindfulness as a kind awareness. It's not just a, a sterile kind of, yes, that's happening. There's a, you know, as you probably are familiar, the, the loving kindness, the metta, really uh, merges with the mindfulness. So there's a friendliness with the moment. You're, there's not a contentiousness with the moment. There's an ease and an openness with it. And that friendliness can be towards yourself or towards others or towards what's happening. It's very powerful to practice this kindness and this friendliness, particularly with yourself. That's where it starts. It's probably one of the hardest places to feel kindly towards yourself. It's amazing how we're wired up that way, many of us. You know, it's, it's a rare person that comes in just really, well, maybe we come in feeling good about ourselves, but that doesn't, through some kind of conditioning, f- get into a, a place where we're somehow not measuring up. And when I see people on retreat, it's one of the main um, junctures in practice to feel a true love towards ourselves. And it's the greatest gift that you can give. Because if you're around somebody, suppose you're around somebody who is just feeling really bad about themselves and not enough and, and, and kind of insecure and you're in a room with them, you know, you might feel compassion, but it's not like, oh, it's so nice hanging out. <laughs> but if you're if you're fortunate enough to be around people who just feel comfortable in their own skin, not trying to puff themselves up and say, "Aren't I cool?" But they're just they they've somehow learned the secret enough. Where and we've all we all have glimpses of that with ourselves, I'm, I'm sure. Where there's not, they're not so self-absorbed or centered, self-centered because they're not worried about how they're coming off, and they're just kind of here and they're saying, hi, I'm here, nice to be with you. Doesn't it feel good being around somebody like that? So you're not doing anyone a favor by beating yourself up or feeling insecure Uh, And yet, it's a challenge. It takes some practice to really get who you are. This is something I sometimes reflect on. Just imagine meeting somebody who got your jokes, who really understood your taste, and got your perspective on life, who really got you, right? How would you feel about meeting somebody like that? (laughs) Ecstatic, wouldn't you? Where have you been all my life? (laughs) There's one person who gets every joke that you find funny. (laughs) One person that really understands your take on things. One person that really loves your taste. (laughs) Unfortunately, they're right inside your skin, so it's a little bit harder to really delight in this human being that if you met in another circumstance outside of yourself, you'd be tickled pink. Hi, so nice to meet you. So Albert Einstein has this expression, an optical delusion of consciousness. Where, from our vantage point, we, we distort things. But if we could really see who we are from that other vantage point, we would probably be head over heels in love. So I'll, I'll share with you a practice, a loving-kindness practice, that um, I stumbled upon in, uh, in one intensive period of loving-kindness. I had been doing, uh, I was at the center in Massachusetts for a good chunk of time doing doing meta. you know, may I be happy, may I, may I be peaceful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I was doing it for a few days, and it was okay. I wasn't really rich and juicy, and mm, I wasn't head over heels in love with myself. But, you know, I was patient and just figured that's part of the process. Uh, and after about... Three days of just repeating the phrases over and over. I kind of thought, "Gee, it's kind of interesting how um, some people—I know some people really, you know, really love me." Uh, I thought, "Why do they love me?" And then I hit upon this practice that was really very uh, powerful for me. That I like to share with you, so, you know, if you get some benefit out of it, then uh, wonderful. If not, then please forgive me and bear with me. Uh, Just close your eyes for a moment. And um, bring to mind someone who you share a real, warm, easy, loving connection with. Not necessarily a very complicated relationship, if that's possible. Just when you're together, and it can be a pet, it can be a child, it can be, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Just when you're with this being, there's an ease and a warmth and a, and a love that flows between you. And imagine that they're right here with you. Right in front of you. Feel that special energy that you share. Let yourself enjoy that for a moment. Now, for a moment, let your consciousness imagine inhabiting their reality. and see through their eyes or imagine being them looking at their friend that they just really love hanging out with. Get a sense of why. What do they see in this person that just delights them so? The kindness, the playfulness, the uh, sensitivity, or the intelligence, or whatever. Look at all the qualities that touch them about you. Really drink yourself in. See this person so worthy of love. and the more this person is in touch with it the more the love can come right through everybody gets it and now let that consciousness come back inhabit right inside your own body and from the inside stay connected stay connected with those qualities and If possible, send yourself some thoughts of well-wishing. May I be happy. Or if you want to say it second person, may you be happy either way. May you feel all the love that's inside and share it well. May, you see, may I see the goodness that's right in, inside. May I see my true nature. And then let yourself feel what it's like to be kind and tender with yourself. Really wish yourself well. If you got just a at least a little glimpse of of that of what your friend saw, just raise your hand. I'm curious. oh good. So if you raise your hand, then the jig is up. You can't pretend you don't you can't see it. It's just a matter of watering that more and more. One way to water it more and more is to not miss all the love that comes towards you throughout the day. All the little kindnesses when somebody opens up a door for you or somebody says, hi, how you doing, and really means it. All the little ways and more profound ways, instead of missing it, really taking it in. This is love or good will coming from the universe towards you to really take it in. It's not a mistake. It's not an accident. Let yourself open up to it. The more you can open up to it, the more it awakens that in you and the more you have to share. Then you start seeing it around around you. And you can do that for others. So, um, lots of different ways that we can open up to ourselves to the moment, to life, the antidote to the contracting mind that says, this moment isn't good enough or I'm not good enough. How can I make it better? It's right here for you. Everything that you need is right here for you. That's the idea. That's why mindfulness is so magical. All we have to do is wake up and be present for our life. And when you are touched by it, to not miss it, to really let it register, let it nourish you so you have that to give out to others as well. Mm. So, I've talked a long time. Thanks for being here with me. And we'll close, let's close with a little loving kindness. I can stick her. Oh, there's some, uh, let's see. Some announcements. Uh, Next Monday, January 19th, Charlie Johnson is the speaker and dinner will be served. And it would be a great help if people could assist volunteers in tonight's cleanup. Uh, If everyone could help moving their chairs to the back of the hall and stacking them with the other chairs. If you're able to stay longer to help and not blocking another car... Uh, certainly appreciate your help. help. Please check in with a volunteer staff person wearing a white badge and ask how you can help. And when you leave, remember to turn right on Sir Francis Drake and then left through Woodacre. Do not make a U-turn on Railroad Avenue. Remember to look around the hall and the foyer for items you brought with you. Okay, so just as we close, feel your own heart. Breathe in benevolence from around you. Let it awaken all the goodness inside of you. And send some kindness to yourself. May I be happy. May I have ease of well-being. May I feel the love inside and share it well. May I awaken to my true nature. And then to extend that to everyone here and out, radiate out to all beings everywhere. May all beings find happiness in their lives. May all have peace in their lives. may all learn to share their love well, may all awaken to their true nature, and may our coming here together be of benefit to ourselves, to everyone in our life, and to all beings everywhere as it ripples out. May all beings be happy. Thank you very much um, Come to Berkeley If you're around on a Thursday night Check out the There's a video There's a YouTube video Seven minute video On the Joy Course If you want to check it out It'd be fun to share it with you And uh, hope to see you on the Dorma Trail I'm starting to sit right now, right after this, for the next week up here on a self-retreat. So this is my parting goodbye to the world. And uh, Nice to say goodbye and then enter with you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.